Hi, this is Brian Mitchell, former Washington Redskins, and you're listening to the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Less is more, right? Well, not when it comes to dealership benefits. I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We're moving lives forward by extending the warranty on every new car from 5 years and 60,000 miles to 7 years and 100,000 miles. Our mission is to always give our customers more. That's why we have seven Honda Master technicians and offer a free car wash with every service visit. And now, we will even bring test drives to you because we know that your busy schedules make it difficult to stop in the dealership. Another thing we're extremely proud of is our commitment to the community. From local hero discounts to childhood cancer programs to sponsoring Boy Scout troops. The people truly make us who we are, and we are proud to give back to the ones that give so much to us. So worry less and smile more. Only at CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit CMA's Colonial Honda.com today. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show. Live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. And welcome to the Thursday edition of the Sports King Live. Coast to coast. Not only coast to coast, Ben, but internationally as well. Thank you to our international listeners. Thank you to our United States listeners. We cannot do it without you. We are so appreciative. And we have a big show on tap for you today. We've got starting off Cole Thompson. He's going to join us. He writes for Pro Football Network, Sports Illustrated Maven, the Texas A&M Aggies. And when he's not doing that, he is our NFL insider for the Sports King. Ben, hang on a minute, man. Before I start this show, uh, I'm going to take issue with you. I mean, I, do I ask for that much? Around? Why is my microphone not the way it should be? Why is it always ajar? Contorted. Contorted. It's not. Twisted into a pretzel. Fixed. Big Al, something's going on here. And I wait a minute. Something's going on with Big Al. Why is, does he always mess with this? Twist it around so it's not. I leave this the way I want it, and I don't ask for very much from you, do I? Well, actually, I do. But anyway, yes. What I'm asking is, this is the last time this is going to happen. Last straw. I, I'm sorry, folks. Just a second. This Big Al situation. You need to get him. In control. I know he's a Richmond legend. I know he's a longtime guy. I know he's the best. But I want to put him on the report officially today. Can you please make this happen? I have to find it in our uh, HR files to where to write somebody up, but I'll I'll get right on that once the show's Come done. Come on, Big Al. Don't, don't mess with this microphone. <laughs> if you, we had a camera in here, you could tell that he jerks the, the microphone Why? around so don't much. Don't jerk it. Leave it alone, Al. It gets twisted all up again. It's like a... No, you're getting me twisted up. Doing, I'm trying to get off to a great start. Doing figure eights I'm in a great with the microphone. Mood, and this guy comes in. What What's going on here? That's what I want to know. What in the wide, wide world of sports? Do your job. Don't touch the microphone. Anyway, I digress. Across Central Virginia today, beautiful weather. Sun is out. Makes me happy to see that. However, need to turn the wind down a little bit, man. 30 to 40 mile an hour wind gusts possible. 
across Central Virginia. Don't like that. It's Tim. a little rough out there today. A little nippy. Big Al, by the way, uh, lest we forget, back on Monday, back in the saddle in a new time slot, 8 to 10 a.m., leading into your show here at 10 to noon. So you get four hours of local uh, sports programming here in Richmond, Virginia, back-to-back. See, Big Al yeah. on a beach now in Florida somewhere, and he doesn't even know how he's messed my day up here with my mind. He might not have even woken up yet this morning, to be there honest with you. I anyway. probably wouldn't have if I was on vacation in Florida, but that's just me. Okay. Well, here's what we have. Once again, Cole Thompson, our NFL insider. We're going to talk about the the uh, combine, the NFL combine. What, the, what are the Redskins going to do? We're going to find out about that. We're also going to take your calls, 804-327-0888, 804 327 as we get ready to talk to Cole Thompson. We're going to find out about the Combine and all the things happening with the NFL news and notes right here on the Sports King. In hour number two, we are excited to have Tom Lemming. Tom Lemming is considered the nation's top uh, recruit analyst. I mean, this guy, when it comes to high school sports, if you have a young lady or a young man at home and you're listening and you want to help them in terms of recruiting, we're going to ask Tom Lemming what you should do because uh, recruiting is an inexact science. It's very hard. Tom Lemming is old school. He drives from high school to high school looking for the best and brightest uh, future stars. And he has so many stories about all the top players that he has scouted through his career. We're going to find out from Tom. And like I say, he does it uh, uh, the old fashioned way. He meets the players, meets the coaches, looks the kid up and down, talks about the player to all the people around him. He watches the film on the player. Then he writes the evaluation. He does not do this by, hey, just tell me about the kid and uh, I'll do it by phone. No, he wants to see the kid because if he's going to put his name behind it, he wants to be 100% accurate. And that's what he does. Tom Lemming. Tom Lemming also was in the movie The Blind Side with Sandra Bullock. What a what a great movie that was. Always loved that movie. And Tom is uh, featured in the movie uh, in his office evaluating. So if you get The Blind Side, you rent it this weekend or over the next few days you'll see tom lemming our guest coming up in the 11 o'clock hour and he always jokes because in the movie i love his part in the movie but he always says his his best stuff is on the cutting room floor we'll talk about that and our final guest this uh morning uh leading into noon around 11 30 will be tim strachan this young man uh remarkable is all i can say tim strachan who suffered a paralyzing neck injury, broke his neck on a family vacation. Uh, but that doesn't even begin to, to tell the story of Tim Strachan. He actually uh, was with his family. He'll tell the story where he dove in the water and uh, his neck uh, was compounded and he broke his neck. And uh, you would think uh, heading into DeMatha, uh, his senior year, he was projected by Street and Smith. Listen to this. There were four quarterbacks, Josh Booty from LSU, that was profiled, Donovan McNabb. Remember him from the Eagles, of course. Tim Strachan and Peyton Manning. He was rated behind only Peyton Manning before his devastating injury. But Tim Strachan has done so many things in terms of being a leader and being uh, an inspiration. He's gone on to become an attorney. He's done so many wonderful things and uh, just an inspirational guy. Love talking to him. Just a quality young man. And I cannot wait to talk to Tim Strachan. You want to hear this. If you think uh, you've overcome anything and you've had to face obstacles, this guy, uh, if you're not inspired by his story and what he's done, it's just simply in a word amazing. So that's Tim Strachan. That's an hour number two. We're going to join now Cole Thompson, our NFL insider, joins us on the Sports King line, and he's in Texas. 
Uh, Cole, we thank you for joining us. And I know you've got a lot of news and notes to go through in the NFL. What's going on down there in Texas? Well, I mean, you know, the NFL combine's coming on right now, and that's one of the biggest storylines from quarterback controversy, the teams not being solidified that they will stick with the former players that they have, and new names that could make or break their roster stock. Today is the first day of real combine actual presence. Uh, all the interview processes are still going on, but now we have on-the-field activity for the first time down in Indianapolis. So this is going to be a very interesting week overall. I think that you're going to see a lot of these guys either make or break their stock and find out where they kind of fit. I always look at guys between that 25 to 75 range, and those are the guys who I most look forward to seeing at the Combine because of any one of them could see their stock rising to first-round status, and any one of them can plummet all the way to the start of day three. You know, some folks call it the underwear Olympics. They want to see the guys' physiques, what they look like with their shirts off, you know, how built they are and so forth. A lot of deceiving stuff, though. The numbers sometimes, the speed, of course, you want to know what a guy runs a 40 in, but that doesn't always tell the story. There is speed and there's football speed. So I know people put a lot of different weights on different categories. Of course, the big play out of uh, two days ago was Joe Burrow's hand size. I know that was a big story everybody wanted to talk about. Joe made fun of that. Uh, What are you hearing in terms of some of the measurables down there? Anybody standing out to you in terms of overall measurables? Well, let's start with Joe Burrow and his hand size. Uh, I've spoken to multiple people, and they've said it is an issue because of the place he's projected to go. When you look at the cold months out in Cincinnati, especially when it comes closer to playoff time, smaller hands do have the liability of potentially leading to more turnovers. In reality, though, the way I look at this is, how big are his hands going to be when it comes to protecting the football? As long as he's able to hold on to a ball when you're going up against premier pass rushers, I think that that's something that is going to be a name or, or something to really watch out for. And if he's able to do that, that's not going to be a problem. Hand size doesn't really matter, I think. It matters on hand stability more than anything else. Um, once again, as guaranteed, Chase Young coming in looking like an action figure. Six foot five. Uh, 232 pounds of pure muscle. Uh, he came in today. He was spoken to a couple of people that I know, and they told me that he has been watching film nonstop on Von Miller out of Denver to get his better grip on how to better play the stand-up outside linebacker position, which to me makes it seem like he already believes he's going to be playing in a 3-4 system, going off of that edge. Uh, everything that you've seen from him so far it reads number one pick, and this is the number one player in the draft. Joe Burrow will go number one, but the number one player in the draft is Chase Young, and so far he's come in as advertised as the premier prospect. Sports King has gone on record. I love Chase Young, of course, former DeMatha uh, stag in Maryland where my son went, shameless plug. But anyway, I'm, I'm proud of Chase and what he's done at Ohio State. Great player. My only reservation, being a Redskin fan in this part of the country, and having suffered for nearly 30 years, as much as I love Chase Young, I love even more the prospect of packaging Chase Young up, going back in the draft with somebody maybe a trade partner like the Miami Dolphins or somebody that has some picks that could maybe uh, work with us in terms of packaging some uh, different picks to get us as much value as possible. What are you hearing about that? I know that some it's kind of been talked about, but do you think they'll move out of two and go back and try to get anybody? What are you hearing there? I mean, here's the biggest thing. 
to me, there's now reports coming out that there could be quarterback controversy. One of my buddies uh, actually recently told me that there were meetings with the Washington Redskins and Alabama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa uh, to be potentially in the running for the numbers, uh, number two overall pick. Also, I think you have to look at the free agency money. There's, I think, $57 million that Washington can spend this upcoming offseason. Say they go out and they get a guy like Shaquille Barrett or a guy like Jadavian Clowney. How important now is that secondary pass rusher now that you have a guy on contract for probably four or five years plus a rookie in Montez Sweat who you have that fifth-year option for? That's the only way I see Washington trading away the number two pick and not taking Chase Young. There are a ton of teams who definitely will be in the running, including Carolina, Los Angeles, uh, even Miami at number five. All could be in that running to move up into that number two spot. Now with reports saying that there is a possibility that Detroit could be looking at quarterback options. So I think that it's not impossible for them to trade the pick, but a lot of other dominoes have to fall for them to, I think, go, you know what, we're going to pass on a, on a surefire talent. We have our two edge rushers. Let's have this happen. Let's go get someone else, maybe someone on the offensive line. You're listening to Sports King of Sports 1061 with our special guest. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson. That's his handle. Pro Football Network writer, Sports Illustrated Maven writer. He also covers the Texas A&M Aggies. He was not doing that. He's covering the NFL for the Sports King. And uh, getting back, Cole, I mean, you look at Justin Herbert, his measurable, six foot six, 237-pounder. He's a big guy, big arm, doesn't run as well as a Tua. But, you know, you look at some of the measurables, and if you want that big pocket guy – but then again, the Redskins have Haskins, who's another big guy that's not really mobile. Uh, Tua adds another dimension in that RPO-type offense. Uh, I just don't know if Tua, I mean, everybody's talking about, is he going to be ready? What about the injury factor? And I know you've heard different things about him, but you still like him a lot better than Herbert. Is that what I'm hearing from you? I think Tua's, again, he's one of those players that when you look at on paper, he can have the highest feeling. Also because of his age, that also plays a big factor into it. You look at Herbert, he's 23. You look at, uh, or he will be 23 this offseason. You look at Burrow, he is 23 already. Two is just fresh on turning 21 before he will ever make an NFL appearance. So with that younger mind, a guy who's also been through multiple offensive coordinators, kind of helped rebuild his brand, um, found success with multiple different people at the helm, He's a guy who I look at, and if you're looking to rebuild a franchise, you have a better shot of doing it with him because if you may not have your head coach in two or three years, which means a whole new system comes into the plan. When you get a guy like, I think, Herbert or Burrow, you now are limited at what type of player or coach you're going to be able to go out and get. Tungabailoa is someone who has worked in multiple systems, and he's thrived at every single level of the field. So... I see why people are enamored with Justin Herbert, and I do think he is a top-10 player on this board, quarterback or not. I think that he is actually probably even a little bit more upside than a guy like Burrow. Burrow just has the numbers from the season. But overall, I would still go to a Tango Mailoa number one because of how much his ceiling is. What do you think about the Ryan Kerrigan situation? Of course, long-time Redskin has been great for years, but to be honest with you, he's really fallen off. I mean, last year I had to go to the supermarket, look in the milk section to find his picture because he was missing. That's how bad it was, in my opinion. He just did not play well, no excuses there. But 
are they going to move on from him to him? Are they going to keep him around? What are you hearing in terms of Ryan Kerrigan's future? I think it really comes down to what happens in the draft and what also comes down and happens in, you know, free agency coming up. you got to look at what are the needs right now. Yeah, uh, Washington has about $48 million that will go into free agency needs. That doesn't allow them to spend a lot of money on players that, you know, really can help out. And they also have to go resign a guy like Brandon Sharif to the offensive line. So depending on if they're able to address their pass rushing needs, I could see them parting ways with Kerrigan to be able to maybe free up some extra money that could be the difference maker between getting a guy like Barrett or Clowney and going home or going to the draft. If they don't address the outside linebacker needs at some point in the free agent market, I believe Kerrigan will be brought back one year for his veteran presence alone. This is a guy who's done a lot for the organization, a guy who's been one of the bigger faces and one of the more consistent players in the organization over the last decade. I would see him coming in to help out with Montez Sweat's production and Chase uh, Chase Young's progression from the college to NFL level. But I don't think that he's going to be viewed as a hot commodity on the free agent market. And I definitely don't believe that he's going to be viewed as a long-term starter anymore in D.C. What are you hearing from the Combine? Who are a couple players that maybe our listeners have not heard about or maybe on the fringe as far as some guys that you've identified that we really have to watch that could be some really uh, big surprises come draft day? Well, I think for sure you have to look at one guy that I know very well, and that's Justin Matabike out of Texas A&M. There were a couple of guys who were talking about him being a first-round fringe pick uh, somewhere in that 27 to 32 range. And depending on how he runs on Saturday, because that will be the defensive lineman day, I truly believe he could start earning some first-round status. This was a bull-rushing three-tech in a very conflicted, complex system running college station. He was a guy who led his team in sacks. He was a guy who definitely was a productive guy against the run. I think he had 13.5 tackles for losses. Everything that you see from him is something that I think a lot of teams possess, especially when you're looking at 4-3 defensive linemen and you can never have too much depth defensive line. Other guy that I really think that you need to watch out for is Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. This guy's only 5'11", 205 pounds. He doesn't have the biggest hands, 9.68 hands, but his wingspan is 80 inches. That was the largest wingspan measured in at the Combine this season. This is a freaky build. Let me, let me just put this into perspective with you. Ayuk is 5'11". Colin Johnson is 6'5". Ayuk has two more inches on Johnson when it comes to his wingspan. This is a guy who, was making, who had speed, who was showing off and making a name for himself down in Mobile just internally with his meetings. He didn't get to play in the game, but he was a guy that a lot of people were high on. I expect a good week from him to transfer into first-round late grade, kind of like Matabike. These are two guys I think definitely need to be considered as trade-up targets at some point in the middle of round one, if they do impress this week. What do you think uh, on the second-day quarterback list, potential guys like uh, Jacob Eason and uh, Fromm from uh, Georgia? Of course, Eason, 3,132 yards, 23 touchdowns, eight interceptions, doesn't have the big arm. Uh, Fromm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Eason has the big arm. Fromm doesn't have as much of an arm. But they say Fromm, one of the most intelligent players in this draft. Uh, what do you think about their prospects going forward? You know, I was on a radio show last night, and they were actually asking me about Jake Fromm, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. Jake Fromm is Chase Daniel 2.0. 
I think that Chase Daniel is one of the smartest quarterbacks that's ever played in the game of football, and he's done a fantastic job wherever he's gone as the team's backup. But unless you need him in a pinch, I don't see him being a long-term starter, and I don't see Fromm doing that either. Brilliant mind, incredible uh, leadership skills. Everything that I've heard about people who I've worked with in the, in the SEC rave about his ability to make a name for himself uh, as a leader. But I don't know that the production's there. Jacob Eason, on the other hand, this is a guy who two scouts told me this past week, get ready to watch the fireworks fly. There's a reason why people are giving him that first-round fringe status, and it's because his ability to find success with the long ball. And when you look at some guys who have had success with the long ball in recent years, Josh Allen, uh, Drew Locke, they're they're guys who are somewhere in that first-round conversation but worthy of trading up for in the second round. And I do think that a team like the New England Patriots, who need a quarterback for the future, who definitely are not going to play a kid his fresh his uh, rookie year and is known for trading out of the first round. If Eason were to fall to day two, I could see Bill Belichick packaging a deal up to go get a guy like Eason for his future. There's so much potential there, but more importantly, there's so much to work with and to mold where other quarterbacks, you already kind of know what they are. Eason's a little bit of an enigma because of his injuries and because of his track record. That actually, I think, plays into his favor as somewhere in that middle tier, either late first, early second round grade. Okay, I'm going to fire a couple at you real quick. We only have a minute or so left. Uh, Dak Prescott, uh, Cowboys, do they get the deal done? Does he uh, get franchised or do they, uh, they seem to be at the table? Is this deal going to get done quickly? No, I don't think so. I think that this is going to go way into somewhere in the training camps. He will get the franchise tag, but I don't think he will be on that franchise tag when the season starts. I know about $133 million is the deal, somewhere for four years. Tom Brady, does he stay in New England? Does he go to uh, the Chargers? Uh, does he go to the Raiders? What are you hearing now? Everything that I've been told is Tom Brady is ready to test the free agent market. Now, this could be a ploy kind of like how he had with that Hulu commercial. Whatever he's trying to do to make some extra money, this could be him going against Bill Belichick to say, hey, I want more than what you're planning to offer me. But the Patriots right now have not even been in contact with Brady. I expect him to at least test the free agent market, maybe go to somewhere like Las Vegas, but in the end, I still think New England's the team that gets them. Alec Ogletree in the Giants part, where might he end up? That's a tough one. I think a team like maybe the Los Angeles Rams could be a team. You know, he got to start there. Maybe he goes back there. Uh, I think another team like the Las Vegas Raiders, they always need help at linebacker. And finally, I think they're the Baltimore Ravens. They're a team that I've been told are targeting all these inside linebackers at the draft. Maybe they go ahead and add another weapon to Lamar Jackson and go with Ogletree for a year. Maybe land someone else somewhere in the draft. But I think that with also the release of Ogletree, you can book Isaiah Simmons as the front runner to go to New York at number four. Ogletree, heck of a player. Last question for you, Cole Thompson. Trent Williams, will he return to the Redskins? We hear that the ice is beginning to thaw around a relationship with the Redskins and Williams as far as Ron Rivera doing a great job trying to get his left tackle in. Uh, of course, there are some medical aspects, and he said he wouldn't play if uh, Bruce Allen was here. That's been taken care of. The trainer's been fired. Will he return to the Burgundy and Gold for this season? 
You know, that's a big question. Uh, that's something that I haven't heard a lot about, and there's not many people who have heard much more than other than talks have just been negotiating. In the end, Williams is too good of a player not to suit up for a team, so I do think he will play this season. If he plays all 16 games with Washington, I do not know. But I do expect him to at least make an appearance for week one in the Burgundy and Gold. That doesn't mean that he will stay because he could pull another stunt, go sit out, and then the team has no other option but to trade him before his contract expires. Cole, thank you as always. You can follow Cole at Mr. Cole Thompson, his Twitter handle. He writes for Pro Football Network, Sports Illustrated Maven, the Texas A&M Aggies, and he covers the NFL for the Sports King. Cole, have a great day. Thank you so much. And we're going to take a timeout. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Hi, this is Andre Ryzen, and you're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 1061. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. You're listening to a man whose yoga instructor asked him how flexible he was, and he replied that he couldn't do Tuesdays. It's the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Welcome back to the Sports King on this Thursday. I can't do Tuesdays, but I can do Thursdays. Ben, can you make that happen, please? Writing it down as we speak. Yoga, baby. Yoga. Love the yoga. Like watching it more than participating. (laughs) Right. What did you say the other day? You're as flexible as steel? Yeah, as flexible as steel. Right. But that could change, my man. It could if you do yoga long enough, I guess. I've never done it personally. I don't know if I ever would, to be honest. On the road with yoga, with the sports game. Does Pegasus Sports do yoga mats? They don't. Is that something it does? What a segue that was, my man. I noticed how you... Pass that along. Did that. Very nice. By the way, folks, we want to thank all of our great sponsors. Of course, can't do it without them. CMA Colonial Honda. Tim Cosgrove, if you have not been by to meet Tim and talk to the fine folks at CMA, uh, they sell cars and they move lives forward. They do an amazing job every day. From the time you walk in the dealership, they greet you, they treat you like family, and they are employee-owned, female-owned. They do an amazing job, CMA Colonial Honda. We want to thank uh, Joe Moglia, chairman of TD Ameritrade, former coach at Coastal Carolina, and the fine folks at Coastal Carolina University for sponsoring the sports game. We want to thank Dr. Paul Ross. You know who he is. Mr. Podiatry himself, the Bishop of Bunions, the Prince of Podiatry, the Master of the Metatarsal. Dr. Paul Ross with offices in Springfield and Bethesda, Maryland. Go see him. He changed my life. He can change yours, too. The best in foot care. We want to thank Andrew Fisher and the fine team out of Denver, Colorado at Nerve. Never underestimate Radical Vision. And the website is www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. He did the Sports Kings website. He can do yours. He does marketing, social media. Just an expert. He and his team, first class, Denver, Colorado. And we want to thank all of you for listening to today's Sports Kings show. And remind you, it is now... That time, want to give something away. Here we go. It's time to play Sports King Trivia. Answer today's trivia question and you'll win a prize. 
you will win a prize from our great friends, Ken Paradiso and company at Pegasus Sports. Their website is PegasusSportsShop.com. If you go there, you can look at all the things they have. They got the floating helmet. That's a special gift, man. We, we give those away. You know it's a special day. Those things are so nice. Sports King has one in his office, by the way, and it's mesmerizing. Just seeing it spinning and spinning, and you wonder, how logo. can this happen? Yes. Yep. Beautiful. They also have seat covers, couch covers, and uh, all kinds of things. They've got the covers uh, in front of the Christmas trees. Christmas is only 10 months away, but get yours now. Yeah, exactly. Christmas tree rugs. Rugs the is that, whole, is that the, I guess that everything. word works. I have no idea how, what you call it. A they've, cover. They've got so much NFL gear, NCAA gear, Major League Baseball gear. So speaking with Ken today, he said, hey, give away today on the Sports King a chair cover. So if you go to PegasusSportsShop.com, you can pick out your favorite uh, college, pro, Major League Baseball cover. If you know the answer to today's trivia question, give us a call during this segment. The phone number 804-327-0888. The, the trivia question for today on the Sports King is number 71 for the Washington Redskins, Trent Williams. Where did he play college? Trent Williams, the outstanding left tackle who has not played for the Redskins in a while. Where did he play college football? If you know, you're a winner. 804-327-0888. You get a seat cover courtesy of Pegasus Sports and the Sports King. So that's what's happening there. I want to thank all of our guests today. Of course, we've had so far Cole Thompson coming up. We've got Tom Lemming and Tim Strachan. Can't wait for those conversations coming at the top of the hour and into next hour. Also want to let you know that tomorrow on the Sports King, Richmond Spiders head basketball coach Chris Mooney will be our special guest. He's one of uh, the guests on tomorrow's show. We have a surprise guest as well. And uh, can't tell you, or it wouldn't be a surprise. But we do have a lot of exciting things. Uh, we've reached out to the folks at uh, Clemson, Dabo Swinney. we reached out to Clay Helton at USC, the head football coach there. So we have a ton of guests lined up for you. We want to bring you folks that uh, aren't uh, – Every day in this area, and you have the opportunity to learn about their programs, learn about what makes them tick. And if you have any questions for them, simply go to the Sports King Radio website, sportskingradio.com, and hit the contact button, send your question in, and we can read your question on the air for them. So, Ben, I know you've been covering a lot of things. Of course, yesterday the Yankees had uh, the big news of losing Severino. Uh, you talked about that. Uh, anything else on that front there? Uh, nothing as far as the Yankees is or Yankees are concerned, the next step, I guess, for those guys is evaluation. What you do next, I saw Chris Archer's name being tossed around as a potential outside fit, maybe a trade um, with the Pirates, maybe to bring Archer in, maybe a change of scenery would do him good. He he didn't, um, I don't think he really pitched particularly well when he left Tampa, went to Pittsburgh, so that's maybe a candidate. Maybe they fill it internally. I know there's, we still got a long way to go here in spring training before we get to opening day, but it's, uh, I think, at the evaluation stage for the Yankees still. And I heard that Terry Francona of the Indians talking about the loss of Corey Kluber. That was a big loss for them, uh, of course, coming off a 93-win yep. season. And then they get Francisco Lindor, another guy that is uh, in a kind of limbo status. If they don't pay him, he could go somewhere else. The Braves, I know you'd be happy about that. I, yeah. Nationals, too. But I don't know. That guy's going to require a lot of money, one of the game's yep. best players right now. But uh, uh, Terry Francona, a great manager. Yeah, I I mean, what he's done with Cleveland is uh, is great. I mean, he took him all the way to the World Series a couple of years back, came oh so close against the Cubs. When that home run was hit off of Chapman, 
Uh, gosh, he was at Rajai Davis in Game 7 there in Cleveland. I thought the Cubs curse might continue and maybe Cleveland lifts the, uh, the trophy for the first time since 1948, and it didn't quite happen. Um, but Tito's a good, a good dude, I think, in general. Um, has been around the game for a long time. Uh, one in Boston is one in Cleveland, and I don't know what to expect from from the Indians this go around. I, Kluber, I don't know if they can if they can you know build in the aggregate to kind of replace him in the rotation. Uh, it was an interesting move I thought when it was made sending him to Texas. Uh, the American League Central is an intriguing division on the face of it with uh, the White Sox making the moves that they have. Uh, Detroit's probably not going to be that good again this year. Kansas City, I think, in the same boat. Minnesota's the team really to look at in that division. Maybe the maybe the White Sox and uh, and the Indians can give them a little bit of a run. I mean, Minnesota added Josh Donaldson. Um, Kent Maeda ultimately found his way there to be in the rotation. So that's an intriguing division. I, the White Sox are a team that I look at and, and circle as, as one to watch and see what they can do, well, if the, anything, this year. The Indians lose Kluber, a guy that you don't ever want to lose a guy like that. But you can't afford to lose a Lindor. You lose two guys like that, it cripples your organization. Yeah, and Frankie would, would yeah, be a big loss. Yeah, he's huge. He's such a, a fun player to watch. I don't think he's – I feel like he's not destined to be in Cleveland long term. Someone's going to have to pay him a lot of money. I don't think that would be the tribe. Uh, I don't know if there's been a, a lot of talk about him landing elsewhere, being traded. That's kind of cooled off as we've gotten closer to uh, to spring training, and now we're in the first couple weeks of spring training. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 106.1. Now we've got some more big interviews in our second hour. We uh, want to let you know if you want to win that trivia prize. The question t- today on the Sports King is Trent Williams of the Washington Redskins, number 71, the left tackle for the Redskins. Where did he play college? If you know, you'll win a seat cover courtesy of Pickets of Sports. The number here, 804-327-0888. 804-327-0888. If you uh, don't have a guess, that's fine. If you'd like to ask a question or have any sports-related aspects, just give us a call here. Once again, 804-327-0888. Uh, moving on to other baseball news, Boston Red Sox interim manager Ron Renick, he said Thursday, the left Chris Sale will start the season on the injured list. He's recovering from flu and pneumonia. And earlier this month, Renicky made it clear that Red Sox would not rush Sale's return. So um, Renicky said it's about two weeks behind. Sale, of course, missed the last six weeks of the 2019 season with a left elbow injury, but this move is unrelated. Sale 30 finished 6 and 11, the 4.40 ERA. Uh, so when you look at Chris Sale, uh, he kind of anchors that uh, entire staff there. If he's not 100%, it's not a good start for the Red Sox. No, it's not. And what uh, is still, even with the, the Severino news yesterday, I was thinking about this coming up the road this morning. I was listening to the DA show and, of course, Mraz, idiot though he may be on the show. Um, it's all in good fun, I'm sure, with those guys. Big Yankees homer, he was talking about, man, it just sets these guys back. I was thinking, you know, they still have such a good uh, – a good lineup, even with now the news that Giancarlo Stanton is not going to be ready for opening day in all likelihood with, I think, a calf injury. I think they can manage. Um, you know, it's a team they can wheel and deal. And, you know, I mentioned looking at uh, the ro- the rotation concerns for the Yankees and maybe being able to fill it from the outside or, or the inside, whatever they want to do. You know, in, in the Red Sox case, they still have to go through the Yankees at this point. Um, losing Mookie Betts is tough. I, I really don't know what to – what to expect from Boston? I feel like they would probably fall on paper right now, probably in that 80 to 84 win range, even without Mookie. Maybe maybe even below 80. 
uh, if things don't break their way without um, without bets in the lineup and being what he's been the last couple of years. Uh, and even without Chris Sale to start the season, when you're looking at uh, Eduardo Rodriguez probably being your opening day starter, David Price isn't there anymore, of course, was shipped to L.A. with Mookie. Uh, times might be kind of tough for, for the Boston faithful up there, even though they've won, what, four championships since 2004. This is uh, it, Last year was kind of a step back, I think, this year is is going to be i think one of those years where they're they're not really in contention uh down the stretch for a playoff berth it's going to be interesting um and as you said so many uh teams right now you're making your team you're hoping that certain guys come through and in a, in a blink of an eye you take a severino and he gets busted up and next thing you know you're like man this guy was the guy we depended on now we're gonna go to plan b and and as you get closer to opening day it just gets uh you're, you're panicked you hope all your guys just get through there unscathed and you're ready to go want to switch gears to the uh nfl uh, I heard some interesting stories about Russell Wilson. Of course, he voted no on the NFL owner's uh, CBA offer. And the thing about this, uh, he's saying, hey, we really need to think about this. He came out against the proposal on Wednesday. He said the NBA and then Major League Baseball are doing it right. Players come first. All NFL players deserve the same. We should not rush the next 10 years for today's satisfaction. Russell Wilson said in big letters, I vote no, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, here's the thing. Russell Wilson, of course, uh, area native, can vote no because Russell Wilson, not only married to a superstar, performer, but has countless millions upon millions in the bank. It's easier for Russell Wilson to say no to an extra game or no to that extra money. I mean, some of this could mean $100,000 or more uh, to players. Russell Wilson, you know, has that lying in his seat cushions, but it's not one of those things that's important to him. But other guys kind of live off of that 100000 It means the world. So uh, I just found uh, kind of found it um, funny when a guy like that says, no, not that important. We don't need to rush through this, whereas uh, Eric Winston, of course, uh, said uh, from the NFL Player Association, no one is rushing into anything. We have spent the last 300 days listening to our guys and negotiating the deal. The proposal will be sent to all players, and if somebody doesn't like the terms, once they've seen the entire package, I understand. That's why every player you know, gets the opportunity to vote. So, Winston doing it right. Russell Wilson says no, but a lot of the guys really uh, trying to uh, get that extra money, which they desperately need. Superstars, not so much. So we want to remind you again that Pegasus Sports has our trivia question on uh, right now, which is what is the college that Trent Williams from the Redskins played for? If you know that answer, give us a call, 804-327-0888. You will win a prize, a seat cushion from uh, Pegasus Sports, and uh, we'll basically be our winner today. And if you have any other questions, give us a call once again, 804-327-0888. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 106.1. Hi, this is Andre Collins, former Washington Redskin and Super Bowl champ. You're listening to Jamie King on the Sports King Sports 106.1. Less is more, right? Well, not when it comes to dealership benefits. I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We're moving lives forward by extending the warranty on every new car from 5 years and 60,000 miles to 7 years and 100,000 miles. Our mission is to always give our customers more. 
That's why we have seven Honda Master technicians and offer a free car wash with every service visit. And now, we will even bring test drives to you because we know that your busy schedules make it difficult to stop in the dealership. Another thing we're extremely proud of is our commitment to the community. From local hero discounts to childhood cancer programs to sponsoring Boy Scout troops. The people truly make us who we are, and we are proud to give back to the ones that give so much to us. So worry less and smile more. Only at CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com today. Hi, sports fans. It's the Sports King for the Podiatry Center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts, hard casts. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally, and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. You're listening to the man who thinks that Velcro is nothing more than a ripoff. The Sports King on Sports 1061. Welcome back. Thursday edition of the Sports King on Sports 1061. We thank you for joining us. If you know the trivia question today, give us a call. The question is, number 71, Trent Williams, Washington Redskins. What was the college that he attended and played at? If you know, you'll be a winner. 804-327-0888 is the number. Or if you want to talk sports, give us a call. 804-327-0888. Want to go to the NBA scoreboard from last night? It was a Hornets at home over the Knicks, pretty much everybody beats the Knicks. The Knicks, 17-41, and 41, just awful. 107-101, uh, Terry Rozier for Charlotte, 26 points in that game uh, in the victory for Charlotte. It was the Cavaliers over the 76ers, 108-94. In this game, Joel Embiid, the center, the outstanding player who said he is the best player in the league, I don't know about that, but he injured his shoulder. And this is what it sounded like last night in Cleveland. Zizic is already in his third season with the Cavaliers out of Croatia. Embiid is bent over now, grabbing to his left shoulder. So the left shoulder injury, don't know the severity yet, but the 76ers, 36-23 and 23 in the year, can nil afford to lose Joel Embiid. Yeah, he's set to have an MRI today ahead of their game against the Knicks. Um, I mean, if you want to look at it this way, too, Ben Simmons... Um, you know, it's going to be out, I think, now for a little while with a back injury a couple of weeks and then Joel Embiid going down. That's not good news for Philadelphia as far as uh, their contention in the in the Eastern Conference and as we get down the stretch here. Got to have those two guys. It was the Wizards at home over the Nets, 110-106. Bradley Beal, not 50 points, but not a bad night, 30 points. Uh, Karis Levert for Brooklyn, 34 points in the loss. It was the Timberwolves on the road in Miami, 129-126 winners. 
Bam Adebayo for Miami had 22 points, 10 rebounds in the win. D'Angelo Russell, 27 points in the loss for Minnesota. It was the magic in a high-scoring affair, 130 on the road to Atlanta, 120. Trey Young, Mr. 40 points, almost there, 37 points in the loss for Atlanta. Aaron Gordon, 25 points, 10 rebounds in the win for Orlando. It was the Rockets, and man, you know in Houston, they love to score points. This one was huge. 140-112 winners over the Grizzlies in this game. Russell Westbrook, 33-9-8, almost a triple-double for Russell Westbrook. It was a Mavericks on the road at the Spurs, 109-103. Kristen Porzingis for Dallas, uh, 28 points, 12 rebounds in the win. DeMar DeRozan for San Antonio, 27 points, 8 rebounds in the loss. It was a Clippers 102, the Suns 92. Clippers on the road win this one. Kawhi Leonard, 24-14. and 14. Great night for him. DeAndre Ayton, the center from Phoenix. Boy, he is going to be a great player. 25 points, 17 rebounds, three blocks in the loss. Once again, the Clippers win 102-92. The Celtics on the road at the Jazz. We love the Jazz, 36-22, 29 at home. They lose last night. The Celtics improved to 41-17. Jason Tatum led the way, 33 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. Donovan Mitchell, we love Donovan Mitchell here, one of the most underrated players in the league, 37 points, five rebounds, five assists in the loss. Once again, Celtics 1-14, Jazz 103. So, uh, I know, Ben, you've been looking at that Joel Embiid deal, and this kid, uh, although he thinks he's the best player in the league, I don't agree with that. He is one of the best players in the league. He's polarizing even in his own in his own town up there in Philly. I, he, I think, uh, had some booze get rained down on him a, a week or two ago. and um, Philadelphia booze? you got to be yeah, kidding me. you're kidding me, right? Exactly. The, uh, I mean, the Sixers, it adds to what's been a bit of a, it's a Jekyll and Hyde season. They are really, really good at home. I mean, you know, the the game, what, today against the Knicks is at Wells Fargo. They've only lost twice there in 29 games this season. 27-2. and two. But they are awful on the road. Yes. I mean, it's just bad. They continue to be one of the worst teams in the sport on the road. So yeah. um, when you factor in what uh, what happened with him last night, and I mentioned Ben Simmons, too, I our guy Virginia Avenue Bruce who tunes in on uh, to Big Al's show in the mornings and calls in and talks about his 76ers, I'd like to know what Bruce thinks about the whole thing. Um, has got to be a little bit, little bit concerned at the moment for, for uh, Philadelphia and their chances going forward. You got so. it. Uh, tonight's scoreboard looks like this: uh, Knicks at the 76ers once again. This game, Wells Fargo Center, Philadelphia. Philadelphia favored by six. The over under two eleven and a half. And that one, that starts uh, this evening. That will be a tip of 7 o'clock. The Blazers at the Pacers at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Indianapolis favored by 9.5, 5 218.5 over under there. The Kings, we love the Kings on this show for obvious reasons. At the Thunder, that game at Chesapeake Energy Arena, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And the... Uh, that game, the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder favored by 6.5, over under 222.5. And the final game of the night, which used to be a marquee matchup, this one's on TNT, I don't know why, they would put the Lake Show on the road at Chase Center in San Francisco against the Warriors. Uh, talk about a mismatch, 44-12 and 12 Lakers, 23-5 and 5 away against the Warriors, 12-46, and 7-22 at home, just awful. Dwight Howard, uh, 7.7 points per game, 7.7 rebounds uh, for the Lake Show. Andrew Wiggins, 19.2 points per game 
for Golden State. This looks like it's going to be so one-sided, it's unbelievable. And before we go to break, I want to leave you with this. Marquise Pouncey, um, one of the Pouncey brothers, of course, in the NFL, was talking about the CBA collective bargaining agreement and his thoughts about maybe adding an extra game and so forth. Um, Here are his thoughts, and uh, you tell me where you think he sides as far as uh, uh, the – well, actually, what – what we want to talk about um, with Pouncey was his, his thoughts on this. I heard this, and every other word was a bleep. He basically um, was just livid about this. Uh, he says, no, 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 and then he blank, 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 every other word. And I thought, man, this guy's gone off the rails. But Pouncey, you can tell, he does not want anything to do with the CBA, and he made his feelings clear. He said, me and my brother both do not want anything to do with the CBA. So the Pouncey brothers, we know where they come down on this, and it's not good in terms of the uh, the NFL bargaining situation. But it's very, very uh, uh, divided right now. So many guys want the extra uh, game, that 17th game. The fans want the extra 17th game. The players that need the money want the 17th game, but so many of the players are saying, well, it's a health issue and it could be you know, dangerous to the game. But we've always said here, you know, limit the preseason games. Uh, drop two of the preseason games and add one extra game. That's the easiest way around it. But, you know, they're saying, hey, we want to add, uh, you know, and keep the preseason games. Well, preseason games, let's face it, other than the third and the fourth one, they really don't matter. The first couple, you see guys you'll never see again in most cases, and you don't get a lot out of them. Uh, everything's vanilla. I remember Mark Rippon telling me years ago, we were so vanilla in the preseason that we're not showing anything to anybody which is pretty much standard fare for everybody. But, uh, yeah, one of those situations where you don't get a lot out of those first couple games, and I just don't think they're needed anymore. Uh, players get injured, and just not a big necessity. But drop the first two preseason games, add one extra NFL game regular season that means something and they're talking about adding a couple teams to the playoff picture which would be more exciting as well so a lot to discuss but it will boil down to the money and it will be a hundred thousand dollars difference basically uh, to the players and when you talk about a guy that may be a fourth fifth sixth round pick that extra hundred thousand man that could carry them through an entire year, basically, in terms of their needs and so forth, because a lot of these guys have a lot of expenses. But uh, one of those things we have to keep an eye on, but that 100000 for the lower-tier guys means the world. Upper-tier guys, you know, you can say, hey, not so important to me. Easier for them to say. But uh, it's it's amazing. We talk about 100000 and it's just like, you know, no big deal to some, but everything to everybody else. We are going to take a break right now. We come back on the other side of this break will be Tom Lemming. Of course, he was in the movie The Blind Side. And just after him, it'll be Tim Strachan. So don't touch that dial. Don't go anywhere. We've got more Sports King coming back right after this break on Sports 1061. Hey guys, this is Tress Wave, punter for the Redskins, and you're listening to the Sports King on Sports 1061. 
Postal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. The Sports King Studio Line is now open. If you got a sports question, thoughts on your mind about your favorite team, we'd love to hear from you at 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. And welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Sports King on Sports 106.1. We thank you for listening coast to coast, internationally, everywhere else. And we are so excited to have our next guest join us. He's been on before. He's a friend of the show. And frankly, folks, he is the absolute best when it comes to high school football recruiting. Uh, he has no equal. The pride of Rivas High School. How about that? Tom Lemming joins us. Tom, how you doing? Yeah, real good. How'd you know that? Hey, come on, man. I get paid to do this stuff. Come on. <laughs> I did my scouting of you. How about that? So, there you uh, go. School that hasn't had too many famous people. Willie Roy, the great soccer player, came out of Revis, but only after he transferred from Germany to Revis his last couple of years. So, so we haven't had too many people come out of that school. It's on right by Midway Airport in Chicago. There you go. So talk about your travels now. Where are you at this point of the year? And uh, talk to the uh, folks listening in terms of, when you start and how many different places you go to, it's just amazing. Well, I'm in Ohio now. I, today's my first day of a 23-day, 11,000-mile drive trip. So going to Ohio, then um, a little bit into Kentucky, back towards um, St. Louis, and then straight south uh, through Nashville, Birmingham, uh, Montgomery, and Mobile. But not straight. I got to, like the best part in Alabama is all the way over towards the Georgia border. Uh, Dylan Brooks, so I got to go see him, and then work my way out to Los Angeles and up to Seattle, back to LA, and then back around. So it's a, it winds up being eleven thousand miles in twenty three days. So it's uh, about four hundred fifty miles a day. Your accountant must love you when you turn in your mileage reports, huh? Hertz rent a car really loves because they they see all the miles on the car. Sometimes I've had such long trips they have to sell the car right away. Uh, so, but it's uh, it, it's that's what's great about it: unlimited mileage. You don't do a lot of flying. You pretty much uh, stay uh, behind the wheel, and it seems like you really love that because I'm sure through the years uh, you stop at diners and certain places in certain cities. It just must be a labor of love, all the things and places you've seen. certainly is. I fly to New York for my TV show, uh, and but most of the other time I'll just drive. And you're right, favorite diners like Ronnie Cottrell used to be their recruiting coordinator at Florida State and Alabama. Him and I meet at a Waffle House every year in Mobile, and Richard Davenport, Mr. Football, Mr. Recruiting, and uh, they call him the recruiting guy in Arkansas. We meet at a Waffle House in Little Rock, and then I find a lot of -of out-of-the-way places, like the barbecue place there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and you're right, you get to see a lot of Americana. I'm big into history, and I love travel, meeting new people and seeing uh, new things, and you do it. It's my 41st year of travel uh, around the country, and I still see new things every trip. It must be nice because with the love of history, you not only get to combine your love of football, but then if you see something really unique, you get to stop and kind of explore a little bit. I did. You know, I just, um, when I was in Virginia a couple of weeks ago, I spent a day at uh, Manassas doing the Civil War tour. And um, one of the Rangers 
knew who I was. So he kind of gave me a personal tour, and it was great. I just, uh, I'm big into revolutionary and Civil War uh, history, and I'm, uh, that's why when anytime you're in Virginia or Boston or Philadelphia, uh, you got a lot of history. So I love those towns. Yeah, I coached a team called the Fredericksburg Generals, so uh, very uh, up on the Civil War stuff. Of course, Fredericksburg had a lot of great battles, and uh, I've been there. Uh, you definitely need to stop in there if you haven't been and uh, get a chance to see all the things that it has to offer. Of course, Richmond as well, a lot of uh, Civil War aspects, but uh, Virginia has a lot in terms of tourism. But let's get back to uh, your travels. Of course, you started this so long ago. 1978, you began scouting prospects. Uh, interviewing John Elway, Dan Marino, Eric Dickerson. Talk about the early days and meeting some of those stars and some of your interactions with them. Yeah, my first year, I traveled. 78 was my first trip in October. Dan Marino was part of that trip in Pittsburgh. He's from Central Catholic High School, and I met him actually at a pit game. He's being shown around as a recruit. He was still a high school senior. Eric Dickerson, I went down to Sealy, Texas, to see him that same year. Elway, I called and did it. Uh, an interview with him on the phone because I couldn't make it past the Rocky Mountains money-wise <laughs> back when I was that young. And I was uh, slowly but surely working my way around the country. The next year was uh, Reggie White out of uh, Howard High School in Chattanooga. I interviewed him and Herschel Walker. That was the, uh, the class of 1980. So that was a real good group, too. So Marcus Dupree came a couple years after that as Debo Jackson. There were a lot of great players that early, uh, early on um, – uh, there's been great players all the way through, but nothing like that class of 79. The only one I could compare it with was the class of 94. Randy Moss, Charles Whitson, Ricky Williams, Keo Spikes, uh, guys that we flew down to Disney World that year. Throughout the 90s, Reebok sponsored a show that I did on ESPN, and we uh, televised it. 20, top 25 guys would fly them. They, all they would do is go on rides, no game or anything, so the kids had it great. And that was that 94 class was a phenomenal class. I think of the 25 guys we had down there, 14 won up as number one draft choices. Two won the Heisman. And the other one was the greatest player I've seen in 40 years, uh, Randy Moss. Unbelievable. Unbelievable career. Tom Lemmings, our special guest on Sports 1061 on the Sports King Show. He is the best at high school recruiting. He serves as a host of the Tom Lemming Report on CBS Sports Network. He's the editor of the Tom Lemming Prep Football Report. You've been doing that for a long time, Tom, and I know that's a Bible for high school athletes. I know you probably have parents and everybody uh, coach under the sun calling you wanting their kid in there because when they get in there, it's almost like the who's who. you got to be in that report to really get noticed. But just about every school in the country kind of follows me on Twitter and also in, they buy the magazine. Uh, it's available to all the fans and the coaches and every and sport everybody. So they uh, kind of get in. You're right. I have probably close to 2,000 players in it with their bios, and I'll see most of them in person. Uh, the only ones I'll miss are the ones that aren't in town when I get there. So uh, most of them are in-person interviews, which is what I like to do. Gil Brandt told me that years ago when we were doing – one of Mike, Mike Gottfried's charity events in Mobile that it's best to go see a per guy in, in person. You could talk to him. You could look him in the eye and see how important football is to him, if it's a means to an end or if it's truly in their heart to be a great football player. You could call him on the phone as much as you want. You're not going to find out much about him except maybe where they're going to school and what they're looking at. So it's best. And I've taken that to heart, and I've seen these ball players every year. It takes a lot to drive the country usually 60,000 miles in about five months and uh, takes a lot out of you, but it's well worth it. And I feel uh, you know, kind of proud to say that I've seen most of these guys in person and in their hometown and talk to their, 
them and their high school coaches and watch their film. When you look at your travels, I mean, when you're done your travel, it's like a, it's got to be like the Rolling Stones with a, a hundred city tour. I mean, when you're done, you probably get back home and you're like, just exhale and just say, man, I got to take some downtime. I really can't because I got to write the magazine. It usually takes three months and I'll, I'll get home by May 1st. I've already started writing it because I usually will spend a good part of April, May and June and then go to the printer in July and usually comes out by the end of July. So the only time I can take off is usual. And then I've got to write my underclass magazine and get that ready by September 1st. So when the season starts, so does my TV show. So usually the only time I can take off is a little bit of time in February or March, especially now the college coaches are not allowed to uh, entertain recruits throughout the whole month of February. And that's when I can take a little time off too, because there isn't a whole lot going on. Our special guest on Sports 106.1 on the Sports King Show is Tom Lemming, and he is an expert when it comes to football recruiting for the high school level. Tom, uh, when you look at what you've done in terms of the players that you've dealt with years ago, starting back in 1978 to now, so many people think the work ethic of some kids isn't maybe as strong as it used to be and the desire to play and be the best may not be. Do you ever see that? I mean, what do you feel in terms of how has how have athletes changed from when you first started to now? What are the biggest differences? I don't think the work ethic has changed. There's always going to be a good number of the kids that make it big that really have tremendous work ethics as they do now. And there's always going to be some loafers. There always are. Every class, even back in 78, 79, there was a good amount of guys, the loafers, that were getting by just purely on athletic ability. And once they got to college, they realized uh, it wasn't going to be like that. They're either going to work hard or just kind of get booted or not um, progress as they should. But I do think the difference is social media. The ball players now have a platform and, a good number of them aren't mature enough to handle that platform, and that's why a lot of them get in trouble with things they say on Twitter or Facebook or stuff like that. Um, and now everyone is a great player because of social media. They all get built up. The internet, And there's so many people in, on the Internet sites. Uh, each school has, especially the big schools, Texas, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama, they have so many people on their Internet sites that praise these kids to no end. And most of the time, they don't really see the kids. What they do is talk to the college coaches and um, get the info. But they build them up, and mainly because they have to. If there's an Internet guy that follows just one school, if he doesn't build them up, if he says anything negative about the team or the recruiting, then uh, he usually is uh, ostracized, and that school won't talk to him. So they know where their bread is buttered. So that's why every player appears to be great nowadays. Instead of the old days when you had maybe 50 five-star players, now you've probably got about two or 3,000. When you talk about uh, recruiting, so many parents have contacted me knowing you were coming on in terms of what is the best advice, not only for males but females, in terms of what advice would you give the parents out there listening that say, hey, my son or daughter growing up looks like they have a real shot. How would you recommend they position their kids and do what should they do for their kids to get them an opportunity to be successful at the next level? Well, first, don't put too much pressure on the young man, especially if they're in seventh, eighth grade or even freshmen. Uh, I've seen some fathers comparing their seventh graders to uh, Tom Brady or Adrian Peterson, you know, stuff like that, which is ridiculous. But, you know, fathers sometimes live their lives, and sometimes mothers do too, live their lives to their sons that are playing football, and that's not a good idea. I also think that don't spin your wheels at a lot of the combines. You know, we do combines, but 
the most important combines are the college combines. They're, they're the ones that can only give scholarships. So a lot of, I call them a lot of times their ego combines where you just go there and say, hey, uh, the guys that are calling up or uh, in the website say, you got to come to our combine, and they start using the kid's ego against them. Well, are you afraid to go against this guy or this, that? But the key is to go to the college. If you want a scholarship from Virginia Tech or Virginia, go to their camps. They're one-day camps. By the time you leave, they're going to let you know if they're going to offer you or not. If they don't, chances are real good that they're never going to offer you. So they know who they want. And just go to those camps. Work your way up. If you are Virginia, Virginia Tech material, that's great. Maybe you work yourself down a little bit to, you know, James Madison or other schools in the area. You'll find your level. And now, uh, by the way, the colleges are offering you scholarships, Division One, Division One AA, NAIA. It doesn't really matter as long as you're still playing football and you have a love for the sport. You're listening to Tom Lemming, the high school football recruiting expert. And that's a great point, Tom. We had Brian Westbrook on yesterday, the all-pro running back from the Philadelphia Eagles, who went on to Villanova. And he said he was recruited heavily until he tore up his knee, and then a lot of teams were scared off. But he said that you can be just as successful at a small school if you're a great player. You're going to stand out. And so many parents, I find that, hey, my son doesn't go to Michigan or Notre Dame or uh, one of the top-tier schools. It's a failure, but you have to look at it from a standpoint of what is the best fit for the kid academically, what is the best fit for the kid from a standpoint of coaching and facilities and a place where they can really thrive versus just getting blinded by that big school where the kid, there was a kid, I won't name him, but years ago, he was uh, a kid that his dad wanted him so bad to play at uh, uh, Notre Dame, and he did go to Notre Dame because he was one of those kids that had a legacy-type situation, uh, whereas he never saw a down there. But had he gone to Georgia Tech, who loved him, he would have started from year one. So that's a situation I'm sure you've heard many, many times. All the time. And nowadays, every school's kind of doing that. You know, the schools like Alabama and Clemson, who has almost everyone wanting to join them, They'll recruit, they'll offer 200 guys a year, even though they only have 25 scholarships. And sometimes they'll take a couple of guys, and if they don't work out right away, they let that player know he probably doesn't belong there. This is what all the majors are doing now, and that ball player will then uh, leave and, and move on. Scholarship becomes available going on. I think instead of winding up in the portal and wanting to transfer, why not just pick the right school from the get-go, a school that where you fit in perfectly, and that takes a lot of research. And a lot of questions got to be asked, mainly by the parents, because sometimes the ballplayers feel awkward asking an adult uh, important questions like, um, are you lying to me? Or is your academic, is your graduation rate really as much as you say it is or as high as you say it is? There's a lot of good questions, a lot of things to check out about programs, because one thing I know about college coaches, they're all just like in life. There's some real good ones and some real bad ones, but all of these guys are salesmen. They got to, stockpile as much talent as possible so it's up to the player to make the right decision and don't make a decision based on an assistant coach or what that coach tells you make it based on academics athletics social life you know combine everything do your own research and you won't have to blame a coach if things don't work out great advice from tom lemme tom who are your top uh two three four players and the number one player on your board as far as a high school season this year you know what? That's a good question. I'm on. I've been on the road, and my number one player is Corey Foreman. Uh, there's uh, after that. There's a lot of really good ones. Uh, Corey's a defensive end. I went and saw him in November from uh, Centennial High School in Corona. He's six five two forty eight defensive end. This guy is fantastic. Twenty something sacks against some of the best competition in Southern California. And believe it or not, he's committed to Clemson. The number one player in the country last year was from 
John Bosco out in California. He's committed to Clemson. Clemson's become a national recruiting team, which is uh, that's why they avoid most of the South Carolina players. You rarely see them take anybody from their own state anymore because they're national and they want to win national championships. And this Corey Foreman is absolutely fantastic as a ball player and uh, really impressed with him. I saw a lot of great players. I saw the best tackle in the country is Amaris Mims. He's from the Warner Robins area of uh, Georgia in the Central Park. This guy looked like an NFL left tackle. He was 6'8", 320, and he looked thin. A fantastic ball player. Just absolutely loved him on film and in person. I just think he could weigh 350 and still look thin. 6'8", 320. Not many people born with those kind of bodies. 6'8", 320 high schooler, man. I tell you what, unbelievable. And he's a junior. Junior. Jeez, unbelievable. Isn't that something? That is unbelievable. I've seen... um, you know, a lot of the great players, uh, I've seen most of them. Now, This after I finished this 23-day trip, I'll have seen just about all the top 300 guys in person, probably close to 290 of them. The ones I was missing, I'll try to hit a few of them uh, during this uh, early uh, spring. But I was impressed with everybody. There's a defensive lineman, J.T. Tomalua, from uh, Eastside Catholic in Washington, who's fantastic also. He's more of an interior guy, although he can play tailback, defensive end, defensive tackle. He weighs 260, and... Another terrific talent. Uh, some great ball players. Quarterback-wise, there's so many of them. No great one, but a lot of real good ones. So it's a matter of uh, what you like. Going out in California, I've seen all those guys before, but I'm coming to see them again. Jake Garcia left Narbonne High School, and he's bouncing around to a couple of other schools. And he's a big name out there. Notre Dame's got a good one named Tyler Buckner from the San Diego area who accumulated 5,000 total yards last year. Although competition a little weak, he's got uh, very good talent. So there's some, I would say there's six or seven quarterbacks that could be considered number one with the apples and orange kind of uh, way of going about it because none of them stand out above the rest. Man, through your career, you've had to have some opportunity where you sit back and just smile when you say, man, that kid I wrote up really well and and it really kind of validated everything you said. And I know people miss because in your deal, as many people as you see, sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. But I know you've been uh, one of the guys that's been so reliable to follow through the years. And, of course, you do a 360-page magazine, so you put the work in. That's one thing I've always admired about you is the dedication to your craft. You don't take people's word for it. You want to see it firsthand, and that's why and that's why I feel you're separating yourself from the pack. Well, thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. I have missed on a few guys. I was doing the uh, broadcast for the Army game with uh, Pat Hayden in uh, halftime. Barry Sanders walked in and immediately said, hey, remember me? Because I didn't give him a great – I never give any bad buildups, but I put him as only a player to watch when I saw him in Wichita, although everyone else made a mistake too. And the real true story of Barry Sanders, Francis Pay, who is um, the late coach at Northwestern, a former All-Pro with the New York Giants, told me that when I told him that uh, – I had missed on Barry Sanders. He said, you missed on him. He goes, we brought him in for a visit with his older brother, Barry, who was a junior college star. And we, uh, we had a choice. The staff was kind of torn between either one of them. And he said, I'll make the choice. He goes, let's take the bigger one, which is Barry. He went on to a good career at Northwestern, I mean, which is Byron. Uh, he went, went on to a good career at Northwestern. Barry went on to a Hall of Fame career. And uh, <laughs> all the colleges missed him. Even Oklahoma State, who got him, the reason they took him was because every other running back in the country that they wanted would not go there because as a freshman, Thurman Thomas was breaking a lot of records and no one wanted to go sit behind him. So Barry went there because he had no other choice. And the other coach, a running back, did have a choice and they chose not to go there. So just about everybody missed on Barry Sanders, but he's one of many. Uh, when you 
covered as long as I have that you've missed and you wish you regret and say, well, I should have written a little bit better about them. Our final minutes with Tom Lemming, uh, one of the greats in the business in terms of high school recruiting. Uh, his record speaks for itself. We want to switch real quick in our final moments with Tom Lemming. He was featured in the Michael Lewis critically acclaimed book, The Blind Side. Played himself in the 2009 Oscar-winning movie of the same name. Tom didn't quite win the Oscar, but he was in there. Tom, <laughs> talk about that experience. One of the great experiences of my life. Uh, the very first scene that was shot took 13 hours. I was in the entire scene. It was only four, a little over four and a half minutes, and uh, I had 28 lines and with Tim McGraw and Raymond Kinnon, who played the coach, and Quinton, who played uh, Michael Lore. And they took that out of the movie about two weeks before the movie came out. The scenes from that were being shown in all the previews, but the director said, we just had to keep the movie under two hours. So I was, I was upset with a famous director, John Lee Hancock, just telling us, I'm not even an actor, and I'm upset that my, I had one scene in the movie, but the bigger scene was cut out. But I had my own trailer, my own personal assistant. I got to know Tim McGraw well. We still go to high school games together. Sandra Bullock was a saint, a wonderful person. John Lee Hancock, who's done the Alamo, uh, the rookie, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, and the one, uh, the Walt Disney movie where Tom Hanks played him. He directed all those movies, and he is a, a ter- terrific guy, too. So I had nothing but great things to say about the entire cast and the entire group. And believe me, when you're on set the day before and the no one's around you kind of get comfortable then all of a sudden you show up on set and there's like 200 people above you or below you just doing all this stuff you could be a nervous i've been on tv for uh, 30 years but nothing where i moved around like that so that was a scary thing i was glad to have it over and you look at the success of the movie when you saw it uh, the first time and you saw all the ingredients that went in uh, did it surprise you the great success having won an oscar with that movie what surprised me at first, they, you know, because MGM turned the movie down, as did um, several movie stars until Sandra Bullock came along with Elcon Productions. They were going to just uh, dump the movie and not do it. So they were showing me um, scenes from it when I came back. I was there the first three days and the last two. When I came to the last two, they, were, they brought me in a trailer and were showing me that. And the director did, and he was telling me they think it's going to hit big now because there was a movie called Sherlock Holmes with Robbie Down- Robert Downey Jr. that was... Warner Brothers that was supposed to come out Thanksgiving because that's one of their two big weekends of the year along with Memorial Day. And we were going to come out Christmas, which is not a good time. They switched it because Blindside was getting such good previews. And then all of a sudden it just took off. It was a vampire movie that was big with a lot of the young people. Um, and uh, that was that came out that first week. They, they were number one. We were number two. But after that, Blindsight took over for the next two months and completely dominated the movie scene. So, yeah, it was surprising, but not once they uh, showed me clips of what was going to happen. Uh, Sandra, Sandra and Tim did a fantastic job. And our special guest has been Tom Lemming, football expert, football recruiting expert, uh, host of the Lemming Report on CBS Sports Network, also the editor of the Tom Lemming Football Prep Report. If you want to know high school football, you have to follow Tom. And by the way, Tom, that movie would have been so much better with the 13 minutes uh, or 13 hours of film if they could have just got you in a little <laughs> bit more. It could have been uh, maybe an Oscar nom for you. Who knows? I know. It was supposed to be, right? My scene with me sitting at the computer was supposed to be following me walking up steps. This is that scene. Tim McGraw and Raymond Kennedy following me, stopping. And they showed all the previews with me walking. And Tim holding the door open. I walk in there and, and Quentin stands up, who's a much bigger person than Michael Orr, believe it or not. He was 6'8", 440. And I look up and go, wow. And that whole scene was in the previews. And they took, I come out, uh, tell Tim and the coach that I'm going to talk to him, invite him to the Army game. And then he doesn't say anything. I walk out. 
and talked to Tim and Ray again, and then walk out. That's four and a half minutes, and uh, I can't believe they would cut my great scene out. I, I had a chance at uh, a movie career, and it was ended by them cutting that scene. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Those those terrible people. Tom, I hey, know, I know. you got to see Tom in this movie, The Blinds. Go see it. Uh, he has a great part in there. It's very small, but it's very powerful, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to pump that up as much as we can. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Always welcome on the show, and you're the best at what you do. We can't thank you enough for joining us on The Sports King. My pleasure, Jim. Anytime. Take care. You got it, Tom Lemmy, on the road across America, finding America's best football players. That's what he does. We're going to take a time out. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Hey, this is Trent Murphy, number 93 from the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Jamie King and Sports King on Sports 1061. Less is more, right? Well, not when it comes to dealership benefits. I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We're extending the warranty on every new car from 5 years, 60,000 miles to 7 years and 100,000 miles. Don't forget, we also have 7 Honda Master Technicians, a community outreach program, free car washes with each service, and many other benefits. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com today. You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. And welcome back, everybody. Sports King on Sports 1061. And we thank you for listening throughout the United States of America, across this beautiful land, and internationally as well. And I'll tell you what, we thank Tom Lemming for talking to us about the movie Blindside and all of his recruiting travels from coast to coast. And uh, we've had nothing but great guests on. And uh, this next guest, uh, beyond great to me, uh, an inspiration, a guy that has done it all. And his story is so amazing. And he joins us now from Maryland. He is former DeMatha quarterback Tim Strack. And Tim, welcome to Sports King. Hey, Jamie. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Man, thank you for coming on. Uh, uh, your story has been documented. We'll let our listeners know a little bit about, uh, of course, Tim was six foot three, 215 pounds, had a spectacular arm. But there's a little controversy, Tim, before we get going into your story. You said hmm. that uh, Coach McGregor didn't, at DeMatha, didn't totally uh, unleash you to throw the football that junior year. I'm finding some different in my uh, research here. I-, I thought you were firing the football around. He, he said you were going to, but uh, he didn't let you. He said he likes running the ball, as you well know. Yeah, and, uh, Bill McGregor's old school, and he was old school back in 1996. He's still old school today, although he hires um, offensive coordinators now. Back then, uh, Coach Actually, he called the plays himself, and he was a power eye guy. Off tackle, pull, pull the, pull the off uh, guard and tackle the old counter tray. Um, that was his bread and butter, and I only threw uh, after we would run about ten of those, and then we would throw a play action off of it. And I, I just needed to make the most of the the few shots that I got to throw the ball my junior year. But yeah, we were going to open it up my senior year and probably go about three wide. We we're going to be one of the first teams in the area to start going three wide other than the, the run and shoot type uh, programs that were out there. And we, we were certainly going to throw it around a lot more in my senior year. Uh, Tim's being humble about throwing it around. Uh, he had a <laughs> rocket arm and everybody, uh, all the research I ever did on him, uh, people have always told me what a great arm he had. Of course, he was being heavily recruited by Joe Paterno at Penn State as the next great quarterback. And I'll get in that story in just a few minutes. The, uh, the change in his life, the, uh, 
the time things changed so much for him was at Bethany Beach where he uh, broke his neck in a C5 vertebrae. He underwent a 19-hour neck surgery and spent several months in rehab and, and battled his way back. And that's just where the story for me starts uh, in, in watching Tim and learning more about him. Just an amazing young man in so many ways. Listen to this, folks. He used his injury as a catalyst, and after high school, he went on to graduate from the University of Maryland. And after receiving his undergraduate degree, he was accepted to Georgetown University. Ben, by the way, I'm telling my producers, Georgetown wouldn't let me walk on the campus. I mean, if you got a guy <laughs> like this, uh, and I can't walk in the building because they'll say, hey, that guy's not even smart enough to be here. But Tim Strachan goes there, and next thing you know, uh, at Georgetown University Law School in 2001, he graduated from there a few years later. Just an amazing story, Tim. You were smart beyond smart. We know that. But Georgetown, did that challenge you? It seems like you just uh, did such an amazing job there, earning your degree and becoming a lawyer. Well, Georgetown Law School, without a doubt, was the hardest thing that I ever did. Um, I sort of equate it to, to sports. You know, I, I, uh, I was competing with uh, students who um, were the best at their game. Um, and, and, and if they tried to, you know, play me in a, on a basketball court or on a football field, I would have, I, I would have dominated them, but <laughs> I was in, I was in their world, uh, when I was in law school and, uh, how I got into Georgetown was all smoke and mirrors. But as I've done anything else, once I'm, I, I get someplace, I just kind of put my nose down and, uh, you know, work as hard as I can. I, I was on double secret probation, Jamie, I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I was on double secret probation at Georgetown Law School. I was told not even to worry about doing a journal or, or anything like that. And I, that's when I really had to, you know, focus even harder. And, and I was able to pull it out. And somehow I was able to get a degree, Georgetown Law School, and even even pass the bar the first time, which I still don't understand how I did that. Listen, <laughs> stop being humble. I hate this. Uh, come on, man. I mean, as smart as you are, just amazing accomplishment. That that itself is just uh, unbelievable. He also, folks, by the way, when he wasn't doing that, he covered the Maryland Terrapins football team. He did color for them for over 20 years. Did an amazing job there. This guy is a renaissance man. Could do anything. And I'll tell you what. When you look in, Bill McGregor and I were talking about that. Street and Smith's had four quarterbacks. Josh Booty from LSU. Uh, Donovan McNabb, Peyton Manning, and Tim Strachan. Not bad company, Tim, uh, to be rated among those top four guys. And you were the number two rated quarterback in the country, only behind Peyton Manning. And I know uh, things didn't end up the way you wanted, obviously, but to be held Mm -hmm. in that type of caliber in terms of player, just a testament to you as an athlete. And I know uh, how many people can say in their life that they were rated with Peyton Manning in terms of who's number one, who's number two. It's just a testament to your greatness as an athlete. I appreciate that, JV. Yeah, you know, this is going to date me. When I was entering my senior year of high school, there was no internet. We didn't have twenty four. We didn't have twenty four seven sports. We didn't have rivals dot com. We had uh, hard copy Street Smith or Tom Lemming magazine or you know USA Today, uh, and that's what the rankings were. That's how the rankings were done, and they were only done once a year. They weren't done. You know, it didn't change over the course of a couple months or throughout the year. And they just they just did it once, and um, I was in several of them. I, I did rank somewhere between two and five. Peyton was always number one. Uh, I, I tend to think that I was better than Peyton, but I can say that now because who's Peyton? Peyton's <laughs> going to look terrible if he tells me that I, I'm wrong. Um, who wants to argue with that, right? But um, no, it was it was certainly uh, it was certainly an exciting time getting ready to go into my senior year. I mean, I had dreamed of playing college football since I was five years old, and 
uh, I was seeing my dream kind of unfold before me before uh, I had the uh, the accident at the beach that um, left me paralyzed. And uh, but I, I, I used so much of what I learned to become as good of a quarterback as I was, and, and applied it to life after football. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm not just being humble. I, I, I I'm being serious when uh, you know I. I went to college and then I went to law school and then, uh, you know, worked on the Senate Judiciary Committee and, and, uh, you know, now with the Federal Communications Commission as lawyer, I mean, I've just used the same work ethic that I learned as an athlete and have applied it to other aspects of my life. And um, that's why I've been able to accomplish the things that I've been able to accomplish, not because I'm inherently smart or intelligent or, you know, have, I'm special or different than anybody else. It was, it's all about hard work, and I, I owe so much of my success to, um, you know, myself being an athlete and wanting to be the best that I can, and just learning how to apply that once once sports were over for me. Yeah, Tim, parts I, of my life. I do motivational speaking and talk to groups all the time. And one thing that I always talk about, you know, I came from some tough circumstances, and I look at you and I say, you know, here you are uh, being ranked as one of the top, if not the best, quarterback in the nation. And then you had what happened to you. And then you basically, uh, many people could say, you know, I'm going to go this way or that way. And you said in a speech I heard uh, doing my research that, you know, nobody owed you anything. And then you wanted to go out and prove yourself. And that just is a testament, once again, to your drive and desire to be the best. And when you uh, did what you did at uh, Georgetown and became a lawyer and uh, became an announcer. And, I mean, the, the fact that you have been – I think your drive is unmatched. I mean, that's something that shows me I didn't have to see you as a player because I can see you as a person. It seems, and like I told Bill, I said, if he has the drive he has now that he had as a player, you just know why he was so good. And I know Mm -hmm. you take a lot of pride in everything you do in terms of your actual drive. Yeah, and again, I I attribute that to sports, you know, playing sports as a a kid. Um, You know, just just learning how to be passionate about something and – and working really hard to become great at it. And, um, you know, sports, that's what's what I think is so great about youth sports. You know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm coaching my 11 and 10 year old girls now and in, in basketball. And I, I don't think that they're, um, they're going to struggle to make their high school team, much less go on to college and play there or play in the WNBA. But I want so badly for them to, um, you know, have fun, uh, become better basketball players, but really learn the skills that it takes to, to work at something because that is going to serve them better when they get into the real world as they get older. And, you know, people start talking about college athletes and they should be paid on. I can't stand that talk. I can't stand it because there's only so much, so many people, a very small percentage of people who make it to the pros and make millions of dollars. Everybody else is going to enter the work field like everybody else. Sports is a means to help you get certain opportunities and, and, and sports teaches you so much about life and how to uh, approach adversity and challenges and, and things as you get older and get into life and you know, get married and have kids and have, you know, everything happening. Uh, sports has been such a great foundation for me to, to teach me the fundamentals of life and how to really attack anything, whether it's, it was on the field or off. I asked my son yesterday, Patrick, who played for DeMatha, uh, as we talked about, Tim, and uh, there's an award named after him called the T13 Award, and it's for uh, outstanding players and all the things that make great players and great people. And I said, Patrick, talk about the T13 Award. What did that mean to you? 
And he said it was somebody who was dealt a, a terrible hand in life, but never allowed that to undermine his outstanding leadership qualities. And we all try to measure up to Tim in that regard as far as his leadership and the things and the bar that he set so high. And he said that his passion for the game and his perseverance are things that we as players look to. And Coach talked to us about what Tim did. So I know from a standpoint of what you left behind in terms of being an athlete there, you've got to take a lot of pride in that. I do, um, and I owe a lot of that to DeMatha. I mean, we all know, uh, or those that have heard of or know of DeMatha, know how excellent they have been in athletics. And when you decide as a freshman to go to that school, I've, I even said it at my Hall of Fame induction at DeMatha, is that you're, you're accepting the responsibility of carrying the torch um, from those that were uh, here before you and laid the foundation of success, and, and you have to – um, carry that responsibility your four year years years at the math and uh, just recently I spoke to the football team uh, a couple weeks ago at their football banquet and I told them I said there's three men in this world that I have strived to gain the approval of uh, one is my father uh, one is Morgan Wooten and the other one is Bill McGregor because if I could get any one of those or hopefully all three to approve of something that I did I know I'm doing something right uh, Morgan and Bill set such a high standard and uh, expectation of not, not winning championships, but of doing things the right way, of, of applying yourself and making yourself a better, a better athlete, a better person, a better student. Um, and I really do think that those types of things I learned at DeMatha and under those two men in particular uh, have helped me well beyond the playing surface. He's our special guest, Tim Strachan. We're going to have Tim hang on the line. We're going to come back after this break. We want to go into what's happening now. Of course, he's got a business, First Amendment Sports. We're going to talk about that. And a new baby, all that and more as the Sports King rolls on. Sports 106 after these messages. Hi, this is Mike Singletary, former Chicago Bear, Hall of Famer. You're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Less is more, right? Well, not when it comes to dealership benefits. I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We're extending the warranty on every new car from 5 years, 60,000 miles to 7 years and 100,000 miles. Don't forget, we also have seven Honda Master Technicians, a community outreach program, free car washes with each service, and many other benefits. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com today. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 106.1. And welcome back to the Sports King on this Thursday special edition. We want to thank Tom Lemming, our special guest, and our current guest who is kind enough to stay on the line with us, Tim Strachan, who is, and we will always know, better than Peyton Manning ever thought about being as a quarterback. <laughs> We're going to stick to that story Tim, that'll never change. That's our story. We're sticking to it. 
Hey, um, <laughs> we want to, in our final moments with you, we want to go through a few things. You have started a new company called First Amendment Sports. Go ahead and talk about that. Sure. Yeah, I was the uh, color analyst or a color analyst for the University of Maryland uh, radio network for Maryland football games for 22 years, 15 as a sideline reporter and um, seven as a a color analyst up in the booth. And um, as you had alluded to, my wife and I have welcomed a brand new baby boy. Um, But when we found out she was pregnant, I just the the traveling was getting too hard for me. And especially the move to the Big Ten where we're going to the Midwest and a little bit longer trips. I just, I felt like it was time for me to, to hang up the the headset for the Maryland football games and, and stick closer to home and stick with family. But I had started doing a podcast with my best friend, Kevin Ricca, and another gentleman named Ken Marangolo, who was uh, a McNamara grad in 1994. Kevin was a St. John's High School grad of 1994. I was the math of 1994. And we started doing a podcast really just to talk about the Redskins in particular, but DC sports were big DC sports fans. And along the way, we realized that um, the next frontier of uh, covering sports was the high school scene. And because we're from the WCAC, all three of us, and uh, we, it was, you know, the greatest time of our life um, when we were in high school. And we think that it's the best conference in America, certainly with respect to the football conference, the boys basketball and the girls basketball, not to mention other sports, we felt like there was an opportunity to start covering some of the uh, WCAC teams and, and, and sports, and we're streaming some football games, some basketball games, both boys and uh, girls, and we're doing uh, spring sports and, and the like, and it's just fun to get back involved in the community. I don't have to travel too far, um, but First Amendment Sports is the, the company that we created. It was really the uh, the idea of Ken Marangolo, who's been wanting to do this for so long, and it all came about at a Christmas party a few years ago. And I was telling Ken uh, about how Kevin and I were fighting over who was going to have a better career, Andrew Luck or RG3. I was on the side of Andrew Luck, and Kevin was on the side of RG3. And for the first time in his life, my best friend admitted he was wrong. And uh, as we did this right in front of Ken, Ken says, you know what, we should do a show. Kevin and I said, oh, we've always wanted to do one. He goes, well, we should do it at my house. I've got all the equipment. And I mean, Kevin and I looked at each other like, you got to be kidding me. So we just started going to his house on Tuesdays. And really, it's our poker night. You know, we sit down on a poker table with a whole bunch of podcast equipment and maybe a, a glass of whiskey to the side. And, you know, we just talk sports. We talk D.C. sports. We talk high school sports. We have had some incredible guests um, in the basement and on the phone. And it's just so much fun to do and, and especially to do the high school stuff and, and bring people, you know, the, the high school action that we think is the best in the land. And, and not everybody can get to every game, but if we can put it online and, and provide an, an opportunity for people to see it and, and be a part of it. And we really put a lot of focus on the kids. We love the kids. We think the kids are great. The coaches are great. The schools are great. Put a lot of emphasis on the first C and that being the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference. So, you know, we're just having a lot of fun with it, and, and it, it's so it's so great to be a part of. Tim, we have one minute left in the uh, interview uh, in terms of uh, January 26th. Luke Stephen Strachan, uh, Strachan is born 6 pounds, 13 ounces. Now, the question is, uh, when are you going to start getting him spinning the ball, and has Bill McGregor been recruiting already? <laughs> uh, Bill definitely has been asking about him. Um, I haven't gotten him throwing a football yet, but, man, he's into basketball. I've even got two um, plastic, you know, uh, basketball hoops that we we make a, a, a little full court for him, 
and he loves to go back and forth, and he, he's actually pretty good at it. He's only a month, uh, a year and a month old, so. Um, but I'm pretty impressed with the way he's developed already, so uh, I'm really excited about it. Luke, he's, uh, I tell people, he's the best mistake we've ever made. He's just, he's an unbelievable kid. He's, he's so much fun. My daughters, who are 10 and 11, they just love him to death, and my wife and I are so blessed to have him in our life, and he's been such a blessing to our family. Well, you couldn't have a better mentor than you, and it's going to be great to watch him uh, grow and hopefully wear the red, white, and blue of DeMatha. But, uh, Tim, we can't thank you enough for joining us on Sports King. We want you back, and uh, love to hear your thoughts as we head towards the NFL and college football and get your thoughts about that. But thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'll come on anytime to talk sports with you. There you go. Tim Strachan, this guy knows sports, covered Maryland football, and uh, just an amazing guy. We love catching up with him, and uh, congratulations, uh, Luke Steven Strachan, 6 pounds, 13 ounces. And, folks, something tells me this guy's going to be able to throw the football. I just know that. Anyway, Ben, I tell you what, great individual there. I know you learned a lot from both Tom and from Tim. Uh, a couple T's there. Yeah, it's inspirational right there, man. Um, Tim's story and, and you know, persevering the way he has and, and getting to this point is, is awesome. I think a lot of people could take a page out of his book. Yeah, I, to be quite I, honest, I really do. You yeah. know, when you sit there and think you've had a bad day and you look at a guy like this that has endured what he has, was rated one of the greatest quarterbacks, uh, with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and then had a bad blow, but he said, hey, you know what, I'm going to rise above this, come back, and just an amazing young man, and uh, we cannot wish him uh, any more goodwill than we do, man. He is just uh, one of the very best people. We he really said, come back. And he's coming back, And too. talk uh, talk sports. Guy knows sports. If he... If he uh, has the uh, the podcast deal, yeah. What about us going to his basement with the whiskey? (laughs) That sounds pretty good, actually. That could end up badly for us. Um, Just as long as it's at the end of the week. Yeah. What about his double secret probation? That was funny. I was, yeah, waiting on like a, is it Dean Wormer or something involved uh, as far as Georgetown goes? Very humble, though. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he doesn't like to, you can obviously tell, talk about his greatness, but man, that was literally one of the great ones in terms of, uh, his skill level and people to be on that list. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell him, yeah. I say that it's kind of like that uh, legend that people talk about. Did you see Tim do this? Did you see? And he was looked upon as the guy that was going to be not only a great college player, but an NFL player. When you compare to Peyton Manning, that's pretty darn good company. Just an amazing, amazing story of perseverance overcoming. And this guy has impacted so many people uh, people he doesn't even know he's impacted, but you sit there and think to yourself today, hopefully when you heard this story, if you are sitting there and you're going through a tough time, please say to yourself, you know, hey, yeah, I have it tough. Yeah, I've got some obstacles, but here's a young man that had the world at his fingertips in terms of uh, college and NFL opportunities, and it didn't go his way. But instead of uh, feeling sorry for himself or getting down, he did the exact opposite and has been a leader ever since. And uh, he has been a, become a, a journalist. He's become a lawyer at Georgetown, which, folks, I'm telling you, they wouldn't let Ben and I on the campus. That's hell. Speak for yourself. Oh, they let you in there. I'm sorry. I didn't Maybe. know you were of the legal scholar. No, not a legal scholar. But, I mean, Georgetown in general would be cool just to walk around, you know. Oh, they let us walk around. I'm just saying not 10 minute I mean, classes, at least on my part. I I mean, they might let me sit in. Okay. Back of, the, back of the room. You're be a smart guy, though. Be a wallflower. You are a smart guy. In my own mind, yes. There you go. But, uh, no, we appreciate Tim jumping on. We appreciate Tom talking about all things recruiting. And, uh, by the way, tomorrow on the big show, we've got a special guest and a surprise guest, which we can't tell you yet, or it wouldn't be a surprise, but our special guest tomorrow uh, from the Richmond Spiders, head coach. uh, And you know this guy well. 
Yeah, Chris Mooney. Looking forward to hearing uh, from Coach and what he has to say. We had him on on Sports Phone with Big Al before the season got underway, and I know he was very, again, excited for the for the 2019-2020 uh, season. And, hey, Richmond's knocking on the door, you know, maybe being in the big dance and having an NCAA berth. That I think right now number three in the A-10 had a win last night on the road. Um, and he has had not an easy run. I mean, he's had some adversity. Yeah, he's had to deal yes, with has. some people locally, you know, wanted him not there. And yep. The whole thing with the billboard, that billboard, whole deal. And yep. that's got to be tough. And he's overcome that and uh, so much more. So he's going to be our guest tomorrow, Chris Mooney yep. from the Richmond Spiders. 11-4 in conference right now in the A-10. So 21-7 overall. It's been pretty good. Spiders, good. Doing well. We can't wait tomorrow. We've got a lot going on, and uh, we thank you, wherever you are, for listening to Sports King. For Ben, I'm Jamie. Thanks for listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. And don't forget, you can go to www.sportskingradio.com. We want to thank Nerve and the folks at uh, thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com for all your digital needs, your website needs, social media. They do it all for us. Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team at Nerve never underestimate Radical Vision. We thank them and most of all, thank you for tuning in. And tomorrow, more prize giveaways and a lot more as Chris Mooney from Richmond joins us for Ben. I'm Jamie. Have a great Thursday. Enjoy the sunshine. We'll see you tomorrow.